Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of Sabbath Talks. I'm Daryl Horn, the Executive Director of the San Antonio Baptist Association. We have a great topic lined up for you in this series of podcasts on leadership. This is podcast number two of a series of seven podcasts. We're looking at a tremendous tool when it comes to making decisions, not only in your personal life, but also in any ministry context in which you find yourself serving. That tool to which I'm referring is called the Leadership Compass. Joining us in this series is a friend of mine who first introduced me to this tool. His name is Bill Hulse. Bill's a pastor at Putnam City Baptist Church. His church is located in the northwest edge of Oklahoma City. Bill has been using the Leadership Compass for quite a while, uh, over a decade, and he's taught his church leaders to use it effectively. Bill introduced this to me, and over the last 13 or 14 years that I've known Bill, uh, he has consistently used this tool very effectively, and I do believe that he is the right person to talk about it in these series of podcasts. So, Bill, we want to welcome you once again to Sabbath Talks. It's a pleasure to have you lead our conversation on the Leadership Compass. Pleasure to be here. And, man, I'm excited about what you guys are doing in San Antonio, uh, the cutting-edge help that you're providing for those of us in the trenches. So, well done, and thanks for letting me be a part of what you're doing. Well, we want to pick up where we left off on Podcast One, which is the introduction If you're listening to this podcast, I'd like to uh, encourage you to go back to Podcast One if you've not listened to it. But if you have, uh, stay with us. We have a a good lineup for this particular podcast, which is uh, the number one component in the Leadership Compass, which is Common Purpose, and it is the reason for cooperation. So, Bill, why don't you kick us off on explaining the common purpose to us? Well, it's it's the first part that you always look at. What I want to help the audience understand, the compass that we're going to look at, these six facets of a healthy team and a healthy ministry are just like a blood test is for a doctor. Uh, Every time I go to see my doctor, I may not be feeling well. I know something's wrong in my body. I'll make a doctor's appointment. When I go in, I don't want my doctor to just guess at what's wrong with me. I don't want him, even though he's very experienced, to just come up with his own diagnostic and take a, take a guess at what's wrong and just throw me a couple aspirins and see him tomorrow. I, I want him to discern through diagnostic tests. So these six principles are like a blood test for a, a pastor or a shepherd we can see where we're unhealthy, where we're sick. And once it diagnoses sickness, then we can apply the right medicine. Um, So this has become my blood test. Every time I'm dealing with a decision or leading my staff or volunteer teams, we all look through the lens of this blood test, the leadership compass. Very first piece we look at is this decision. How does it meet the very first criteria, which is what is the purpose of this particular decision? How does it relate to our overall purpose? And so there's a whole art to discovering the purpose 
in a decision versus making a people-based decision or a resource-based decision. So the first question I'm always asking is, what is our purpose in this context? Purpose is boss. Uh, purpose, Jesus came for a purpose. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. He didn't get sidetracked in his ministry assignment on this earth because he understood clearly his purpose. Sometimes I've seen missional drift in a leader's life or in a ministry context because we're chasing a bunch of good things or things that people want versus what God's purpose is in the context. So it's critical that we as leaders first make sure, are we in alignment with purpose or are we veering like a car out of alignment to purpose? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, could you explain missional drift or or missional, um, what's the other term? Um, well, mi- historical drift. Sure. Could you, could you explain that for anybody that's listening that may not know that term? Well, to me, missional drift is, is just like uh, the analogy I gave of a car that's in perfect alignment. I can spend hundreds of dollars with the best mechanic in town. I can drive away after a front-end alignment in my car. It isn't very long that I start noticing my car drifting off center again. We all have a tendency to drift away from kingdom purposes. That can be things as as much as being just busy with busy work. It can be spreading ourselves too thin. It can be chasing good instead of great, if you will, if you remember that book that was written. Um, and, And what I say, the difference between good decisions and God decisions. God has declared his purposes for my life uh, personally. He's also declared his purposes for his bride, the body of Christ, in ministry. This isn't rocket science. I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel for God. God has given us the wheel. God's given us his purpose. We just need to stay in alignment to those purposes. And if we're not careful, I'll give you, you've heard my classic example, the famous deacons meeting. Do we have enough time to just give a brief synopsis of <laughs> yes, that example? Yes, uh, that is the one story that I have remembered all these years, and it goes back to purpose. So please tell it. Well, I'll tell it as quickly as I can. And uh, I've done this example in every workshop context when I've been teaching Leadership Compass. And 100% of the time, not 99.9, 100% of the time, Every single group made the wrong decision. They missed God in the decision. 100% of the time. That's scary. That's wow. frightening. If, if that happened in that one context, and that's over a 20-year presentation to hundreds and hundreds of leaders and teams, 100% failure rate. That's scary to me. They leaned on previous experience. They leaned on uh, a people-based decision model or a resource-based decision model, and they missed God in the decision. So very quickly... Uh, literally my first pastorate, I had a gentleman stand up in front of our deacon body and make a motion that we adopt a new deacon ministry. Uh, the proposal was a phenomenal proposal. It was eloquently presented. It was passionately presented. It was to help. In, at that time, I was serving in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We were the number three per capita in uh, major violent crime in that part of the city, in the whole United States. So it was a huge issue. He had a friend that had started a street ministry to homeless kids that were on the streets that were doing most of the violent crime, and they needed men who would come alongside, who would give one night a week and be a mentor to these young men that were living in his housing ministry project, 
training them in life skills, getting them off the streets, exposing them to the gospel. And it was life-changing ministry. It was dynamic. It was a great ministry. And so he spent 30 minutes making the presentation. It had tears on our eyes. It had hearts that were broken. And he made a motion, I would like to see our deacon ministry take this on, and we as deacons adopt this as our future deacon one of our future deacon ministries. Well, I watched them wrestle with it for an hour. They talked about more questions. They talked about how can we do it, what's required, what are the dangers, what are the resources needed, what's, you know, good vetting questions. But I watched this waste a whole entire deacon's ministry, vetting a decision, and then tabling it, and about to waste the next month's deacon's meeting, still trying to figure out, is this God's will for us? Should we do it? Should we not do it? I told our chairman afterwards, because I had a leadership compass, I had a direction. He didn't have that compass in his hand. I'd not had a chance to equip him yet. I told him that was a five-minute decision. And he was stunned. He said, what do you mean a five-minute decision? And then I walked him through the principles of the compass. We started with common purpose. I said, can you tell me what the purpose of deacon ministry is according to Scripture? If I asked all of our deacons, at that time there were 20, 25 deacons on the team, if I asked every one of them to take out a sheet of paper and say, what is the purpose of deacons at Parkview Baptist Church, which was the church I was serving at the time, what do you think I'd get back? He said, you'd probably get... 30 different answers. Uh, you know, that's just the way it works in, in human nature. Uh, we didn't have alignment. And so already we knew we had a problem. If you don't know your purpose, you can find yourself doing things that don't fall under that umbrella purpose, and now you're out of bounds. So they were about to vote and approve a ministry that I don't believe, and as we looked at it through Scripture, we didn't believe now was a part of a deacon purpose. For example, we believe Scripture teaches that the deacon ministry was created out of Acts chapter 6 as our proof text to do the ministry of neglected needs within the body of Christ that the apostles couldn't get to, that the pastoral leadership was not able to meet. And so deacons were called out, equipped. We see it spelled out in Acts 6 to have a specific purpose to come alongside of the shepherds of the flock to carry out internal ministries of the flock. Well, if you understand that to be your purpose, if you believe that to be the purpose of deacon ministry, and that is your purpose, when you look at this request, it was very easy for me to see, because I had a compass, they didn't. It was very easy for me to see that that was outside of our purpose, and while it was a good ministry need, that really came under our outreach evangelism team. And so I helped coach our deacon leadership to vet this request, diagnose it didn't fit with our purpose, but that we supported that going to our evangelism ministry team and our evangelism team bringing that to our church as an evangelism outreach, and that helped us find provision. Otherwise, our deacons would have adopted that, would have been doing ministry that was good ministry, but would have kept them from doing their God-called ministry. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It, it would be a drift from the per of the purpose, which we talked yes. previously about historical drift. Um, that is so key. Asking what is the purpose for which we exist. Uh, you you probably have heard the examples, and I don't remember which uh, university got started first. I think it was Harvard got started first, 
Mm. And the purpose for which it was uh, created was to train pastors. And then supposedly within 65 years, it was off course and it was doing something different. So they started Yale to take the place of Harvard. Mm. And Yale, uh, a short time later, drifted off its purpose. Great example. That's... uh, that that story, I can't tell you how many times your story has been repeated, just different names, different places, and even a different ministry, um, a church forgetting its purpose. That is, that is tremendous. Well, um, and I've noticed, just to jump in there real quick, Satan will use good things to rob us of the God thing. And there are a lot of churches, there are a lot of leaders, they make what they think are good decisions, uh, get distracted with doing a lot of good stuff. But man, if it isn't in alignment with God's purpose, we're out of bounds. And that's scary. Yes. And uh, I think you are you were correct in, in obviously leading, leading your deacons through that, but your church has an overall purpose, an overall ministry. Yes. And every component of the church plays its its role, and one component um, or one group of servant leaders trying to take over another servant leader's um, role in, within the church or even within the community uh, does bring confusion at times. You bet. And everything we do, um, if we understand as a whole body what our purpose is as a whole body, then our individual ministry teams that exist to accomplish that purpose, that all has to tie together. And when we make decisions, I'm always able to take that particular decision through the filter of our church purpose. And if it doesn't align, that that already corrects the course as it is. If we're making a financial decision with our finance team, uh, does this decision, does this request even match up with purpose? It doesn't matter how much money we have or don't have in the bank. Does this first apply to purpose. And if it is a purposeful request and matches the purpose that we have from God, we've got to consider that. If it doesn't, we don't look at it. There are things we don't do because it doesn't align with our purpose. You know, I was uh, in a meeting yesterday with an executive leader in one of our local universities, and he teaches leadership on a university level. And one of the things he mentioned that he specifically teaches in his class is the ability to take the emotion out of a decision. And Bingo. I, I think what this compass does, it helps us to take the emotion out of the decision. And like like you said before, whether it's resource-based or people-based, um, this brings us back to more of a, a reason. And as uh, the, the compass says, common purpose the reason for cooperation. Yes. It brings us back out of the emotion. Like like you said, everybody in the room had tears in their eyes almost uh, because of the the need that was there and the ability to see people's lives changed. That's a a great uh, ministry, but clarifying who should be doing that ministry is vitally important. So let me ask... um, a follow-up question as we uh, wrap up this uh, podcast. What should we take away from this piece of leaders of the leadership compass? Well, I think most importantly is, as a leader, 
have I been able to lead our people to discover our purpose that God has given us? Uh, that's a missing piece for, I, I know a lot of people will make it general. God's given us purpose of loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and the great commission to take the gospel of the world. Yes. But what does that mean in our context? Um, how does that live out in our unique call as a body of believers? Um, for me personally, I, I run that same uh, same test. So have I led us to discover our God calling and God purpose? Does everybody understand that? My goal for PCBC, where I serve now, is that you could stop and ask any member in our church, what is your purpose as a congregation, PCBC? And they would be able to say, we exist to help our community, know God, become family, and impact the world. Three things, three pillars of our purpose that we live out every single day in all that we do, and everything ties to those three things. That was a self-discovery unique to our context, unique to our body. But if I don't have that, if we don't have that, then we don't have the first part of direction, common purpose. Well, and not having clarified common purpose leads us into our next podcast on clear roles. And as uh, as you've taught over all these years, not clarifying our common purpose confuses our roles of uh, what we're actually doing. I thank you for listening to this podcast. Bill, once again, thank you for your time. We uh, look forward to our third podcast on clear roles, the strategy of cooperation. Please join us if you want to... Um, have a copy of the Leadership Compass, please go to our webpage at sanantoniobaptist.org. We will conclude this podcast and catch you on the other side. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom.